Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. If you don't have a Bible like this, a Bible app will work, but let's hold them up and let's do this. We do this every Sunday on our Gastonia campus. This is just something I like to do. It's a Bible declaration, right? Just to get in faith and align our hearts with the Lord. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're a fast flipper, you can turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and just hold your place there. And I want you to think about this statement as we're getting started. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the teaching, the biblical teaching of the Holy Spirit. There's all kinds of different thoughts and all kinds of different opinions. And in some circles, in some churches, the Holy Spirit becomes a divisive part of the church. And it was never God's heart for him to be causing any type of division. Can somebody say amen to that, right? And I want for us to recognize that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, inseparable, inseparable. Think about this. Jesus was conceived By the Holy Spirit. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, he was baptized in water, but when we read that, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Flowed over and on and in his life in a supernatural way, differently than it was before. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Very sensitive to the leading and the direction. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed people by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to his followers. Can you say amen? If both Jesus and the early church needed the Holy Spirit... We do too. We do too. So we've been on a series and we're calling it Building a Strong Christian Life. Developing a passion for spiritual disciplines. And we're putting it this way, so easy to understand. It's like a great recipe. Your life in Christ is like a great recipe. And every great recipe takes great ingredients. Amen? And if you leave some of the ingredients out... The recipe isn't going to be the way you hoped it would be. For example, my wife and I went to a great Mexican restaurant yesterday. We love Mexican food. I grew up eating Mexican food. 
And uh, we get the same thing. You guys ever go to a restaurant and you get the same thing every single time? I don't know if you're like us, but sometimes we say, no, but you got to get something different. And then we might say, okay, I'm going to get this or I'm going to get that. And we sit down and we don't even look at the menus really because we just getting the same thing anyway. We get the same thing. So we got the same thing. We get these little sopes and we get these taquitos and then we get a tamale and we got a lot of them. So we just kind of share that, right? I got to keep my eye on her though because she wants to take some of my taquitos. I got to keep them over here on my side. So where are you going with this, Pastor Robert? Remember, I'm talking about a great recipe and every ingredient counts, right? So we get these little sopes. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but these little sopes are made out of these little cornmeal and they're thick and they're homemade and they're soft and they're warm. They're not very big. They're about that big. But then they begin to layer them. All kinds of good stuff, right? Put a little bit of beans on there, homemade refried beans. And they put a little bit of chicken or carne asada, or carnitas, whatever you want. And they put a little bit of lettuce on there. And then this little bit of white cheese. Anybody with me so far? Come on. A little bit of white cheese. And then they, then they bring out these three different unique types of salsa, right? Kind of not so hot, kind of a little spicy, and then some off the charts, right? And we get to eat all of that. Man, they're so good. But listen, every ingredient in those sopes makes the sope. Right? If you take some, how, how would it taste if you took the chicken out? Well, those of you that are vegetarians, you're like, that's okay for me. No, 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 I want some meat in there, right? So every ingredient makes a difference. That makes the sope yummy. It makes it delicious, right? So think about your life, building a strong Christian life. There's all kinds of ingredients. I'll call them spiritual disciplines that God gives us in the Bible, and if we only pick and choose the same ones or the ones that we want and we leave the other ones out or the ones that don't taste so good or the ones that are a little harder to eat, then what happens, our Christian life isn't going to be as full and as strong as God wants it to be. If you're with me, say amen. So this is really, really important. Not every Christian has a strong Christian life. And I want for you to lean in. Remember this, though. This is not an exhaustive study. This is an overview but it's enough to get you going. And if you don't have a study guide, I want to encourage you to get a study guide. We have a study guide for every sermon that we're preaching in this series. It's available on our website. You can download it. There's all kinds of good, solid Bible teaching in that study guide, and it'll help you. There's some appendices in the back, appendixes, uh, with more information to help you go deeper, help you go further. There's a personal accountability page at the end of each sermon to kind of gauge where you're at in your growing stronger in your relationship with the Lord. If you don't pay attention to that stuff, you might just coast for the rest of your life and never really develop, come on, the way God wants you to. So week one, we talked about developing a passion for souls. Week two, we talked about developing a passion for the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me, amen? Got to get into the Word of God. So if you've missed any of those, you can go to my Facebook page and you can watch the video or you can go to our podcast. Listen, I know our Facebook page here isn't the sharpest. It's not the cleanest. We don't have all the cameras and stuff. But I just believe if God can use a donkey in the Old Testament, he can use me. And he can use our little campus here to minister to people. So you can get that on Facebook if you ever missed. If it ministers to you, you can share it with someone. As we're getting started today, I just want to give you the title for our message if I haven't said it yet. Okay, here's the title for today. A passion 
for the Holy Spirit. We're developing a passion for the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 14 verse, last verse in the book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul's writing, this is his benediction, this is his goodbye, this is his farewell. Notice what he says to the church, we are the church. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, amen. Now, I don't know if you notice this or not, but if you have a pen or a highlighter, you can take note of this. Notice that the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are all included in this one verse. All of them. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Now, some translations use the word fellowship in place of the word communion. They're interchangeable. It's the Greek word koinonia, koinonia, fellowship, communion. And it means a sharing, a unity, a close association, a brotherhood, or a partnership. Say partnership. Come on, say it with me. Partnership. So the word koinonia or communion describes two or more lives woven together in common union for a common purpose and carries the idea of divine partnership and empowerment for living out the Christian life. And I just want us to be reminded that as we're developing a passion for the Holy Spirit, that comes with a divine partnership with the Holy Spirit and a divine empowerment from the Holy Spirit for our lives. Here, here just think about this with me. You don't have to jot any of this down. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, uh, they reference the Holy Spirit 56 times. The book of Acts references the Holy Spirit 57 times. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 112 additional times in Paul's letters and another 36 times in the remaining books of the New Testament. When added together, these 261 direct references to the Holy Spirit signify the major importance of his role in partnering with and empowering every believer to help them build a strong Christian life and represent the kingdom of God in the earth. Amen. Lot to do in the scriptures with the person of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to look for a couple minutes here at the partnership of the Holy Spirit with us from Jesus' perspective, okay? Uh, John, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 14. And I want us to look at one verse, okay? But I want to encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter on your own because Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's trying to prepare their hearts for his departure, and he's trying to bring them some comfort and let them know that even though he's leaving, he's sending another one just like him who would pick up where he left off. He's sending someone who will help them live strong Christian lives. He's sending someone who will help them to minister the way he ministered after he leaves. And then in verse 17, John 14, he says, Jesus says, he, referring to the Holy Spirit, listen, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. When he says the world, he means people outside of a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. People who aren't born again. 
unbelievers. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. How did the disciples who walk with Jesus know the Holy Spirit? They knew the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was in Jesus and on Jesus. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. And the Holy Spirit empowered and ministered through Jesus. So as he's leading and he's ministering, the disciples are seeing the Holy Spirit on Jesus' life. And I want you to notice, if you've never noticed this before, in this one verse, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit six times with a masculine personal pronoun. He and him. He and him. Six times. Why is that important? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a power. He's not just a forest. He's not just a ghost. He's the person of the Godhead. Father, Son, and say it with me. Come on. Holy Spirit. Partnership with the Holy Spirit is possible because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. Look at John 16, 7. We're talking about developing a passion for the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7, Jesus tells him this. Before he's leaving, he tells him this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Think about that. I don't know about you, but if I were the disciples... And Jesus was, was doing ministry and helping me and living with me and counseling me for three, three and a half years. And then he comes up to us one day and says, by the way, it's to your advantage that I'm going away. What? I mean, how is that to my advantage? Well, if you think about it, when Jesus walked on the earth, he can only be with one disciple at a time or in a group, right? But now he's saying it's to your advantage because I'm leaving. I'm going to send the helper Another one just like me, a comforter, a strength, a standby, an advocate, an intercessor. And he's not only going to be with you, but he's going to take up residence on the inside of you. He's going to live in you. He's going to be part of your life. He's going to be a partner with you in life, in ministry, in everything you do, in your career, in your family, in your finances. God's not just interested in church stuff. Church isn't a place you go to. You are the church. You're his child. You're the apple of his eye. His Holy Spirit is partnering with you for every area of your life. He wants to help you with everything. Pastor Robert, how can I, how can I get in greater partnership with him? This is not in your workbook, but I've, I've kind of, I'm learning to do this over the years. Three R's. You ready? Three R's. Recognize him. Reverence him. And respond to him. You want to recognize him as being part of your life. You want to reverence him as God because he is. He has emotions. He has a mind. He thinks. He can be grieved. He's power. He speaks. I mean, reverence him as God. And then respond. Somebody say respond. Respond to him. When, when God is speaking to you, you can trust him. And you can respond to the leading and the, the nudges of the Holy Spirit. If we'll do that, we'll come into greater partnership with him. See, our relationship with the Holy Spirit of God is, I'm, I'm going to say this, something might be shocking. I think biblically, it's the most important relationship we have here on earth. Pastor Robert, I'm married. I thought that's my wife. Well, listen, if you learn how to reverence and recognize and respond to the Holy Spirit, He'll help you to be the best husband and the best dad you could ever be to your wife and to your kids. 
He knows everything about everything. He's the most compassionate. He's the most loving. He's generous. He comes with all the gifts, all the fruit, right? The person we need to know and the person we need to partner with most is the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, does anybody believe that? It's true. The Holy Spirit is the most important relationship. He'll help you to live in victory in your marriages. He'll help you to live in victory with your kids. He'll help you to build healthy families. And he'll help you to build a strong Christian life. So I just want to kind of remind us that if we want to develop strong Christian lives, we have to learn to lean into the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot more about the partnership of the Holy Spirit in your study guide, in your study guide. Today, I don't have time to go more into that, but I just want to reference you over to your study guide so you can dig a little deeper about the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to just turn a corner a little bit. I want to talk for a few minutes about the, the empowerment from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to and will empower you as much as you'll allow him to, to live a strong Christian life. Amen? You can't live a strong Christian life separated from and apart from the Holy Spirit. Think about this with me. The book of Acts is the story of the disciples receiving what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. The book of Acts, ordinary people like you, and me. It's about them receiving what Jesus received so that they could do what Jesus did. Do you see yourself? Don't take this in a condemning way. I don't mean it to be that way. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a person who's open and willing to do what Jesus did to minister the love and the power of God and the grace of God to people around you. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you with that. He wants to help me with that. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Very familiar portion of scripture. I doubt that any of these are the, the scriptures you've heard for the first time. But I want us to put fresh eyes on it. This is after Jesus was resurrected from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is before he left the earth and he ascended. Uh, he gave some very, very strict focused instructions to his followers. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is Jesus speaking. And he tells his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Somebody say power. Come on, nice and loud. Power, power. Power, you know what power is. Um, this word power means supernatural strength, supernatural power, super ability. It's something that comes from God. Um, there's a lot of mystery to this. Obviously, I don't know everything about it. But there's something to be said about opening up to the person of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to fill and overflow your life so that you can live a strong Christian life and you can live in the power of God. Not your own power, not your own strength, but in the power of the Spirit of God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church, he, he records in the Scriptures nine different power gifts from the Holy Spirit. So just so we're on the same page, in Galatians, there's nine 
fruit of the Spirit, right? Some people think that it's one fruit, love, and the other eight are an overflow or an outflow of love. Do you remember what the fruit of the Spirit is? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's character. How many of you know God wants us to become more and more like Jesus in our character, right? And over in Corinthians, Paul lists nine power gifts. Can't teach on those, but let me just mention them, and you could look at those a little later in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul mentions that the Holy Spirit comes, and when he comes, he comes with these gifts. The word of wisdom, that's a sense of divine direction. He comes with a, a word of knowledge, that's supernatural insight that God would reveal to someone. He comes with faith, that's supernatural ability to believe God with no doubting. He comes with the working of miracles, that's working of miracles beyond natural uh, means, beyond human means. He comes with a gift of prophecy. That's God-inspired speech. It doesn't necessarily mean foretelling. It means God-inspired. You bring something that the Holy Spirit gives you. It brings encouragement. It brings comfort. It brings inspiration from God to people when they need it. Discerning of spirits. That's the ability supernaturally to determine what, what's the spirit? What kind of spirit is behind this person or this activity? Different kind of tongues and then the interpretation of tongues. And that's probably where there's the most controversy. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Some people have had bad experience around that. I haven't had bad experience around that. I believe in tongues or we call it a prayer language. Uh, we call it uh, praying in the Spirit or singing in the Spirit. Paul said, what's the conclusion then? He said this, listen, I will pray in the understanding, my mind, knowing what I'm saying. And then he says, I'll pray in the Spirit. There's this supernatural prayer language. By the way, let me just share this. You don't need to leave the church if I believe in tongues. That's not a doctrine that we need to be divided over. Amen. We believe in God, we believe in Jesus, a resurrection, heaven, hell, the Holy Spirit, all the main uh, bolder doctrines, we're, we're there. Tongues brought too much division. It, it shouldn't be something we argue. If you don't want to taste it, that's okay. You don't have to. I'll enjoy it for myself, and I promise I won't push it on you, right? But the Bible speaks about that, amen. So there's a tongues where you're speaking to God, and then there's interpretation of tongues, where God is speaking to people, he gives you a tongue and you might have an interpretation or somebody else does. And I've been in both. So it kind of sounds a little strange, especially if you're newer to this kind of stuff or you have a different Christian background or a different experience or you've never seen it, you never heard it. I promise um, it's all good. It's, it's not to bring division. It's a blessing to our lives. But those are the nine power gifts that God shows us in the scripture. So I just want to show you in our remaining time together, three ways that you can engage the partnership of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you can engage these gifts of the spirit in your life. Cause, cause God wants to move in your life. Uh, how many of you here last Sunday? Come on. Anybody here last Sunday? I don't know if you remember this or not, but, but after worship, I came up and I prayed for a little bit. I shared a few things. And then Joni came up. And Joni came up and she came up uh, because she had a sense from the Holy Spirit that he wanted to speak to us and bring us a word of encouragement. We'll call that a prophetic word. That's what that is. It's an inspired word that will strengthen you in your relationship with God, that will give you hope, that will encourage you. 
And she did. She came up. And I don't remember everything, but one of the main things she said was, fear not. Do you remember that? She had a sense that people were maybe in fear, looking at gas prices, looking at inflation, looking at the way the economy is. And for some people, that could be a scary thing. Listen, I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Right when we need to hear something to encourage us, he can come in and he can bring it when someone is willing to yield to his voice and his leading and his prompting. Amen? So that's just an example. But here are some ways that we can engage that and open up our lives to the Holy Spirit. Number one, it's in your notebook. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. But here it is. Number one, be informed about spiritual gifts. Be informed. Say informed with me. Come on. Informed. Be informed. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. This is what it says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant. What is ignorant? Ignorant is uninformed. Unaware. Could even be misinformed. So as a Christian, if we want to partner with the Holy Spirit, we need to be informed. So number one, look at 1 Corinthians. He says, don't be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. See, before any of us can really partner with the Holy Spirit and learn to move in his power and his gifting, we have to be informed. In other words, we have to realize and understand what these gifts are and how they're meant to operate in and through my life in the church and beyond the walls of the building of the church. Amen? People out there, they need the Holy Spirit through God's people. Um, Last Sunday, I want to share this story with you. Uh, our, our lovely uh, sister Barbara, she came in last Sunday. She's been struggling for the last, I don't know, three weeks or something. Maybe like a sciatic nerve. Just this in, just excruciating pain down her back, down her leg, like just on fire constantly. And I've known Barbara for a few years. She is strong. And she had to come in on a walker. She's been struggling. She's had to stay in the house. The pain has just been unbearable. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, she was like a 10. 10, just terrible, okay? So she came in last Sunday, and we went through service, and then three ladies in our church, Yolanda, Joni, and Catherine, they got together with Barbara, and Catherine always has anointing oil with her. Anointing oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit's presence, the oil of heaven, right? Uh, Anointing oil comes from grapes, olive oil, excuse me, olives, not grapes, Olives, I know the difference, trust me. Olive oil, right? You heard of olive oil, it comes from pressing olives and you get this special oil from the scriptures. And, and so Catherine anointed Barbara in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. I don't know exactly what she said, but it's symbolic. And then these three women of God, they prayed in faith for Barbara. They prayed in faith for healing and restoration. And I don't know what happened. And, and, and I, I, I followed up with Barbara a couple, two or three days later. And she said, Pastor, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And she doesn't mean she really can't believe it. It was just like so good. It was hard to believe, right? I can't believe it. They prayed for me and nothing like right away happened. But as the afternoon progressed, the pain got less and less and less. She said, I had the best night's sleep that I had in weeks. I hadn't been able to sleep. The pain was so bad. 
And I've been able to have some sort of normalcy over the last few days because of them praying for me in the name of Jesus, based on the authority of the scriptures, symbolic in the power of the Holy Spirit there, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Can somebody say amen? So now if you ask Barbara, where are you at? A scale of one to 10. She said four, maybe five. So we're going to pray for her again. We're going to believe God for all of that pain to just dissipate in Jesus' name, right? But prayer makes a difference. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us minister to one another. Okay, so here's a second way that you can engage the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Number two, become passionate about the spiritual gifts. Now, for some of you, you might be thinking, well, you know, that's just not my personality. Robert, you're passionate, I could tell. I'm more laid back. I'm a laid back guy. You could be laid back, but you can be laid back and passionate about spiritual gifts. Let me, let me tell you why. Look at what the Bible says here. 1 Corinthians 14.1, 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul said, pursue love. By the way, let me just insert this. That's the foundation of everything God. Pursue love. We're not pursuing gifts. We're not pursuing fame. We're not pursuing attention. We're not pursuing anything. We're pursuing love. God is love. Notice what he says. Pursue love and, somebody say and. And desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Remember, prophesying is bringing an inspired word that will encourage. So he's saying, and all of these gifts, at the very least, you want to lean in, especially for prophecy, because you can speak words from God that bring encouragement. But I want to focus on the word desire. Desire. In the Greek, it's the word zelao. Z-E-L-O-O. Zelao. That's where we get the English word zealous or zealot. And this word, it actually conveys the idea of boiling water. To bubble over because of heat, to burn with zeal, or to be deeply committed to a thing, to set one's heart on fire for something. So open up your heart to a fresh fire from the Lord in the, in the best sense of the word and become passionate. So what is Paul saying? He, he's telling us to dial up our passion until we begin to bubble over with the zeal for the gifts of the Holy Spirit and partnership with the Holy Spirit. He's saying, set your heart on learning, learning to operate in this supernatural dimension. Some people might think, well, that's just for pastors and leaders. No, he's not. This is, he's talking to the whole church. By the way, this is available for children. Children, they're just so full of faith. My God can do anything. My God can heal you. My God can deliver you. Sometimes kids, they're just so, they're so pure. They're not all in contamination like we are with all kinds of stuff. And, and they're just gonna, they're gonna lay hands and they're gonna do it in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit can live big in every single one of us. Amen. Every single one of us. Not weird, not strange, not scary. Jesus doesn't want us to be weird. He doesn't want you to be scary. He doesn't want you to be strange. Don't weird people out. Right? Be sensitive. Be in connection with the Holy Spirit. But be very planted and, and in touch with your natural surroundings. Amen? It's important. 
So here's the third way you can engage. Number three, you ready? Be open to participate in and receive from the Holy Spirit through spiritual gifts. So we covered three words, informed, passionate, open. Would you say those three words with me, church? Come on. Informed, passionate, open, open, open. Notice 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Paul, he's a spiritual father. He's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. He says this, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So at some point in Timothy's life, some leaders in the church called elders, they came to Timothy, they prayed for him, they laid hands, they, they, they set their hand on his head or his shoulders or his back, and they prayed, and they just prophetically declared God's power and God's ministry to flow through him. He received some sort of endowment, some sort of gift, some sort of power. He may have been filled with the Holy Spirit to the overflow just in a new, fresh way when that happens. It doesn't say exactly, but Paul's point is saying, don't neglect the gift. You know what neglect means, right? To treat as unimportant or to treat as invaluable, or to treat as insignificant. In other words, Paul was saying, do not treat the gifts of the Holy Spirit as unimportant. In fact, in fact, to make sure we get the point, the Holy Spirit instructs Paul to give a very similar directive in the opening addresses of his second letter to Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. This is what he says. I'm going to have the worship team come back up to the platform now. Listen to what he says. 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, Therefore, I remind you, I remind you. How many of you believe that at times we can use a reminder? Amen? We, we can use a reminder. I can't tell you how many times uh, I'm, I'm up and I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm, I'm listening, I got my pen, I got my journal, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not distracted. I'm seeking the Lord. And uh, I've been a Christian now for 27 years. I've been, I've been on this team and on this staff for 15 years. I know a few things. There's a lot of things I don't know. But I can't tell you how many times I'm there and I'm reading. And the Holy Spirit will remind me, fresh and anew, about something that he's promised to do in me or to do through me. He remind me about the calling and the privilege it is to serve Jesus in the earth. He would remind me, do you remember Robert? When you just had a sense 25 years ago, that there was going to be something at another level for you to step into in ministry. Something that I wanted to do in and through you. Do you remember when, when you weren't preaching and teaching and you were working a secular job and you just knew? Do you remember when you moved here? And he reminds me of his hand and his guidance and his provision and his working in me and his working through me. He reminds me of things that I thought I knew pretty well. And he just brings a fresh Holy Spirit edge to it. It reminds me of his faithfulness. It reminds me he's watching over every word in my life to bring it to pass. 
Reminds me. He reminds me. Paul is saying, listen, Timothy, I'm writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, church, if we're not careful, we can go through the religious motions and not stay freshly on fire for God and the things that he's promised us and the things that he wants to do in us and the things that he wants to do through us. He says, I remind you to stir up, stir up. It means to rekindle. It means to inflame, like rekindling a fire. In other words, God wants to stoke the coals of the spiritual gifts inside of you, fanning them into flames so that they never go out. Pastor Robert, why, why, why is this so important? What's the big deal? Can, can, I just, can I just come to church and listen to a message and just do my own little Christian box? You can. God will let you. But as you're growing stronger in the Lord, my prayer for you, if that's your perspective, is that the Holy Spirit will show you that he wants Christ to flow not only in you and for you, but through you for other people around you. And it's a privilege to be used by God. It's a privilege to be used by God to pray for someone, to to encourage someone, to strengthen someone, to help someone grow. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to minister to people. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, last verse. Notice what he says. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Do you see that? You see why it's so important? Just imagine this with me for a moment. What would it be like if all of us begin to pray for a fresh fire from God? If all of us would pray for a fresh hunger for God? If all of us would come into a greater alignment with the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God in our lives and in the earth, what if all of us would begin to lean in like that and just press into and open up to the Holy Spirit? We would be praying for one another. We would be laying hands on one another. We would be doing what the ladies did for Barbara. We would take that beyond the walls of the church and we would pray for people. Listen, it's God's role to get you to heaven. But it's your openness that will get heaven to people here on earth. And they're desperate for people who are full of the Holy Spirit of God. There's people that are desperate for a touch from God. And I just believe that God wants us as a church, amen, to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Have you been blessed by the word today? Come on, Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.